Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, about how and why they make the art that they do. And today I have Kat Albert with me, who is a fellow illustration student at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Hi, Kat. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me here. Oh, well, no, thank you for talking with me. I know it is, um, you're in a different time zone. And uh, what's the time difference where you're at? What time is it? Oh, I think it, we're 13 hours ahead because of daylight savings. It's 13 hours now. Most of the year is 12 hours ahead. Oh, wow. So it's like you're yeah. the future. <laughs> I know you probably get that joke a lot, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I couldn't help myself. But, uh... <laughs> no problem. It's fun. Um, I know you from class because we took thesis class, but for the audience, can you talk a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, so yeah, my name is Kat. I'm from the Philippines. Um, I'm born and raised here all the way until um, the, you know, I took my grad and my grad degree in SCAD in Savannah. And then, so I'm just about to finish my master's degree. Um, like, I'm planning to move to the States um, like later, like next year. Um, like, so I, I picked illustration because like, I mean, I grew up unsure of what, what specific kind of artist I wanted to be at first, but you know, I was exploring, hopping all around arts and crafts, animation, and you know, a traditional painting and canvas and comic strip drawing. I was hopping around and I was really into anime and drawing anime, anime style characters throughout all my teen years. So yeah, that influenced my style a lot and my career choices. So it was hopping around and finally I, I feel good about illustration. Nice. So can you talk about, cause I find it fascinating cause you're in a different country. I'm always interested in like hearing a little bit about how the education system is in other countries. And so um, I didn't, I really don't know a lot about uh, how the education system is set up in the Philippines. Do you guys do like like so many years for like um like here in the u.s you do k through 12 in um kind of like your grade school secondary and then you would make that decision like okay i want to specialize and go to college and usually it's like a four-year program and is it similar yeah. like that in the philippines yeah although i think only recently like maybe around uh, 10 years ago they implemented the universal k-12 program before that it was like our own system where there was no middle school it was usually until like elementary school until grade six and then high school or sometimes until grade seven and then high school for four years and then college and the college degree programs it's, it's usually four years but there are some out there that are only three years like my undergrad degree was like three years and like two quarters not completely four years so yeah it's it's a little different the first preschool also and yeah, it, it's, it's, it's confusing. Like, it's also interesting to find out, like, you know, meet other people here from a different school and find out what their education system is. And it's like, um, usually the, the arts is not really a, a big thing. It's combined with other, another subject like uh, home economics. Sometimes there's art in there. It's like a school club and yeah. And it's mostly a, if students want to focus on it for college, then they're art school. Oh, cool, because um, I didn't get art, well, until I was in middle school, but like now most of the states, 
Uh, there are some places, but most of them start now in elementary. But it's like you said, like it is one of those things that's kind of attached to something else. So like in elementary, you might have music, PE, um, maybe a computer class, and then you'd have art. And so um, I did that for taught elementary art for eight years and I really enjoyed that that was a lot of fun and then I moved into high school but it's just interesting yeah. fascinated by so like when you sorry more questions about your no, no, no problem. experience in so when you went to your college and then you said okay I am focusing on art did you have to be so specific like here in graduate school I feel like you're very specific you say hey I'm gonna do children's books or I'm gonna do you know, concept art, were you thinking in terms of that and was it encouraged um, in, in college for that? Um, the, the degrees, there aren't a lot of um, art degrees. The one I took was like, it, it's more generalized. It was like um, multimedia arts. It was more of the technical, it created fields, but with technology. So like filmography, video editing, animation, and it was and but then there are other degrees that specified in animation. There are some that are, it's all for our sound design. But, but yeah, the one that I, I took, there, there are degrees for like fine arts and other schools. And there's some for communication arts that focus on, you know, I guess, marketing, I, I think. But yeah, it, so the graduate degree, Scott has like the most specified, you know, degree that I could pick in terms of what I want to do in life. So did you know after right away, after you did your undergrad, that you wanted to go to graduate school? And then, because I think we chatted initially, and you had mentioned you were interested in concept art for animation, I think, initially when you yeah. started. And then how did that yeah, so, take place? So um, the the degree I, I picked for undergrad in multimedia arts, it was fun. It focused on web design and graphic design, but like it it felt like I wasn't interested in any of the classes that I took enough to pursue a career out of it. And I didn't realize that illustration, because there's not much of an illustration industry here. Like I think it's it's either done by the graphic designers and a lot of posters are it's it's all photography based, a lot of that advertisements, a lot of the media and are like, like for photos itself. And there's not much of a, you know, in-house like animation studios. All of the animation studios are like doing outsource work from the you know, from other countries. So um, I thought, I didn't really know there was an illustration industry that existed. Like I thought illustrations I would see are also done by graphic designers. So, and I only realized that when I had an internship in a hospital as a graphic design assistant, and I was like, I was just laying out posters based on the template they had. And I, I was really confused. Like, um, I, I thought I was in the career that I wanted to take, but then I'm not drawing. I'm only <laughs> moving things around in Photoshop. Like, and I wanted a kind of career that used my, my, raw, my raw drawing style, you know, my, my original creative work. And I didn't know what kind of job had that. And I found out, you know, like I found out about SCAD, or I found the illustration as is like a major there. And I also learned about um, the visual development side. And I know that Disney, they hire artists that do, that design the backgrounds and the characters mm -hmm. for their films. And they're, they're really open to styles. So I, that's what I, that's what I aim for. And that's, that's 
no, as far as I thought, I thought that was like the only illustration career that existed at that time. And then I went to SCAD and I found out, oh, there's there's a lot more. Yeah, I completely understand. Like, I feel like illustration's very, um, it's a lot more broad. I mean, like I got my undergrad many, many years ago and it was kind of more narrow. And now illustration and the other majors, there seems to be more crossover. Mm -hmm. So, oh, can you talk a little bit about the topic that you chose for your, your thesis? Because that kind of ties in with what we were talking about and um, why you selected that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so my, my thesis topic was about symbolism and allegory and applying the concepts of uh, symbolism and allegory to children's book illustration and children's book stories. Um, I picked that because uh, I noticed that a lot of my personal work is inspired by personal stories or intense feelings I've had in the past or like and, and I'm not you know I feel a little too I feel it's a little too private to go into the details about those so I just present them in a metaphorical way and hope it's relatable in some way either different or similar to viewers that but or may at least at least interesting or you know a little abstract and surrealistic I was into the idea of like applying that surrealistic quality or metaphorical quality in my art and so the so when going to the research part, I studied art history, how symbolism allegory was applied in historical paintings and sculptures, and, and then I examined children's stories, modern children's books, animated, you know, like, I was really like an animation enthusiast growing up, so like I, I studied also modern animated stories, because like I know a lot of cartoons these days tackle a lot of like serious issues, but then they kind of disguise it as something kid friendly, mm -hmm. so I found it really interesting. Yeah, and the visual application was the is a children's book. It's inspired by Aesop. It's a original written fable story. That, yeah, so and it was about to be the original plan was uh, like just a illustration illustrated collection of Aesop's fables. But then I thought like I feel like that's been done a million times over. And what would I be adding to the table? How and then and I felt inspired by like a, a personal story of like my my injured wrist like a few years ago I, I overused my wrist and I it was a really depressing time it was from like you know from stress I got cramps I, I got the treatment I couldn't draw for like months and I was really bored I was really bored didn't know what else to do because a lot of my hobbies involved like you know my fine motor skills so like like yeah it was I made it mostly about um you know what to do or how to cope with that kind of you know when you're like when the favorite thing to do gets like clipped or gets like temporarily removed for a while and how to like heal how to you know, deal with it emotionally like you know the part of the story is like the bird like who broke so who breaks her wing she falls and then she meets a turtle who represents like patience to take her to a forest to heal and along the way she appreciates her surroundings she befriends the new animals and then she learns how to sing it's like a new skill so yeah it's it's some you know it's a little like idea of what i was thinking about at, during that time and i think it can also apply to like nowadays in covid when all of us all of our favorite you know activities a lot of our recreational activities are taken away from us can, can go out so we have to like stay at home and maybe pay attention to new things back at home and refocus and from the busyness of life 
yeah oh that's great yeah I really loved how your um your book dummy and your illustrations turned out mm -hmm. and then you had the little animation at the end that was really well done um are you, you. thinking about uh, oh you're welcome are you thinking or planning on um sending it out to some publishers yeah yeah, hopefully I plan to like send it out to publishers, like to, you know, have it printed or at the very least get more freelance work from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get like a literary agent. Is there anything you would suggest to uh, new illustrators who are trying to tackle children's books, something that you advice that you could give them, like whether it's writing the story or doing the illustrations, whichever you're comfortable talking about? Um, so I only learned about the process of how to make a children's book recently. I TA'd for um, like Julie's class uh, in book illustration. And I, I found out like, and that's the very first I've heard of doing all the pages at once. Uh, like doing all the, doing all of the, you know, the, the process there was thumbnailing a story and yeah, thumbnailing the story and then blowing them up to like a bigger size and cleaning them up. I guess like, um, so I, well, I guess my advice would be like, you know, like research about the kids industry and, and like what, or like, you know, observe the books that are around there and what, you know, what kids would like or, you know, like have and show that in your portfolio. Like, you know, if you see a lot of kids books that have children in it and um, it's important with your thesis also, like people of color, important, you know, like animals, bright colors. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess it's important to show that in your portfolio. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. Yeah, because uh, show them what they're, they're looking for in your work. Mm -hmm. So are there any artists that have inspired your work um, that you'd like to share? Um, for a while, I've been um, like really loving um, Heikala's work. Yeah, I think she's a Finnish watercolor artist, but I think she does a lot of like anime-inspired paintings. Like, and, and she, she likes telling this magical stories with um, you know with her work, watercolor. Is, yeah, and it's really really cool to look at. She posts a lot of videos about her paintings on Instagram. It was really fun to watch. Um, I also, I also really like Anusha Sayed. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love her um, video. She's really helpful, and like, she's been, she's like the goal and the career goal as of now. Like, I'm following her videos. And um, uh, Victoria Yang. She was um, she was a Disney artist. And I took her class. I was really interested in her work because, like, she was teaching um, visual development and schoolism, yeah. and and she worked on Disney and Frozen. And at that time, when my career goal was visual development, like, I would really follow her work and try to emulate that style. But like, and then you know, I got more interested in environment design and character design in terms of telling a story. And that I feel like I learned a lot from her and from her work in terms of that. Yeah, she's very good. Like I ended up, I didn't do her actual class, but I signed up for schoolism and I did like a year subscription. Hers was the first one that I took. Oh, well, no, I took 
Daniel Aranga, Aranga, I hope I pronounced his last name right, but his character development through oh. the yearly subscription, his was really good. And then hers was very strong class, like um, just how she explained things and what she was doing. So I like those two classes, I did every single exercise and yeah, you, you end up leveling up quite a bit. So yeah, mm -hmm. I, I thought it was interesting. I've never met you in person, but we have very, like the things that you mentioned, I was like, oh, I looked into that too. <laughs> I really am into yeah. that too, because you're also interested in um, pop-up books, uh, surface design mm -hmm. from what I saw on your Instagram. And I was just curious, what got you into surface design? I, I'm, and I apologize, it's not in my original yeah. question. Yeah, no, it's, it's all right. Yeah, it was only, I think around in SCAD when I got interested in surface design because I, I actually never done surface before until maybe last year. I think when I was like asking our career advisor, hey, what, what illustration jobs are there that are full-time? And then he said, oh, surface designers. And I'm like, okay, I'll try that out because I actually want a full-time job first. So it, it, looked really, it looked really complicated at first because I didn't know how to make things seamless, but you know, it was just really interesting to learn and, you know, just thinking about what elements to put in, it became more fun along the way. And yeah. It's... Yeah, I was, surprised. Yeah, no. I, I had not heard of surface design. I mean, like, it was interesting because it's really like, I don't know, I think I took digital illustration online and that's the first time I actually had a a project where I had to do that and then that kind of just got me interested and I was like oh I really like this it's a lot of fun and it's very practical um applications yeah 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 it feels like um you know I've been hearing like you know my dad talk about the my dad likes looking into trending careers and careers that are like you know businesses that are going to will be obsolete and those that are rising and he's like talking about crypto and you know I get a metaverse and he's encouraging me to go into the digital art field because um you know that's you know that's what's trending now that's what that's the future and then I'm like okay but yeah I was I was thinking about greeting cards at some point also because you know those are like they seem fun and then I, like I hear from my parents yeah but the greeting isn't the greeting card industry kind of you know, I, I don't know how well they're doing now. <laughs> like, I don't think they're they're booming that much, but you know, <laughs> just I mean, I, I really don't know. This is what I'm hearing from my parents, who I also not sure. But yeah, like it's it doesn't sound safe enough to them, I guess. But but yeah, I I think the surface it feels like it feels really stable because like you know everyone's gonna be clothes. Everyone you know fashion's like still a thing. It's, it will always be a thing. Yeah, that's true. And I was surprised because then I just like Googled the job listings and the one thing like, and I hope I can take more of the electives from fibers. What I found out was there, they are very much because they learn the output. Like I feel like an illustration and it, not all cases, but I, I feel like from my limited experience it's really we hand things off it's like I made this now you figure out how to output it or whatever your output is and mm -hmm. so like with the fiber students they'll learn um, what they need to set up their files for screen printing or whether it needs to be woven and I think that's 
something that I would like to look into further because they have a couple electives that go into that. But yeah, it's just fascinating because like you said, patterns everywhere. So when you just look around wherever you live and you're like from the wallpaper to the, you know, stationary yeah. to what you're stationary wearing. bedding, you know, like I have this nice wall calendar that, you know, that has surface print on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, and yeah. thank you for posting all those suggestions and places to, you know, for resources, because they're just, that's been the, what's been wonderful, like YouTube, and then I took a, a, a surface design class through Fiber, and those things have really like, oh, I was like, oh, I have a better understanding of ways to. Yeah, and I feel like formatting for screen printing is really important, because I, I feel like, um, you know, that's something that we forget that it has to be, we have to take note about the, the ink colors, and, you know, what, what the ink is capable of and what the fabric's capable of. And, yeah. yeah, it's always, yeah, it's just fascinating. I want to learn more about it and stuff and, and everything. Yeah, I wish I took a fiber selective and <laughs> that would have been really helpful. I only started last year learning about surface. <laughs> yeah, I only found out because I, I, I did it in digital illustration. And then I saw some of the other grad students posting. I was like, where did, where, where did you do this? And so I would ask like, well, how did you get to do this? And then they would like, oh, I took this yeah. class. So they were really super nice. Um, so with everything going on right now with the pandemic, you know, it still feels like it's mm -hmm. never ending, but like with, yeah. with graduate school life, how do you stay focused? How do you stay motivated? Cause I've noticed you are a very much on top student. You're like, you're there for like all the help sessions. You're, you know, uh, asking great questions. So, um, how do you stay, uh, motivated and organized with your, uh, time management? Any tips? So I like to keep like a weekly schedule, like dedicate each day for the, for which task to do that day. Like that's generally what I do. Um, for for illustrating, it's it's pretty easy to stay on top of things because it's it's something I enjoy doing. It's it's like okay, like today I'll do maybe the, the sketches, and then the next day I do like maybe the like the line work, and then another day I'll do the coloring, mm -hmm. and then I balance that with like. And I have to take breaks because I, you know, even after the injury, I still can't work long hours. I have to take, you know, I have to take maybe like a day off in between, you know, the same piece, working on the same piece to like do something else, maybe bake cookies or something or, you know, exercise. I don't know, watch a show, you know, and then come back to it. And I think in between the, in, in between working on that, that's, working on that piece that's when I get more ideas of another piece and that gets me motivated to get excited for the next one and yeah and I have such a long backlog list of like projects I want to do but can't keep up with <laughs> can't keep up with like you know I'm still doing this so when I get this done I have to you know look forward to doing the next thing Awesome. Yeah. Can, can you offer any tips because you did hurt your your wrist and it was from overusing it, withdrawing? Is there anything your doctors recommended? So like, you know, that you could, you know, besides, uh, is there anything mm -hmm. besides breaks and stuff and that would help? And so I use this um, timer on the desktop called like, I, I make sure there are all of these apps like Potato Timer. It reminds you to take a break. Um, I am or like I, you know, listen to a lot of podcasts while working. So maybe like after the end of this podcast episode, I'll do something else. And and then I, you know, stretches. Um, 
you know, changing arm position. You know, usually I my arm hurts when I when it's when it's elevated, like on an L shape. You know, like when you're painting on an easel, I can't paint on like a tall stand easel. It has to be flat on the ground, but slightly like elevated. And there's there's actually this really good book I got. This good book I got called um it's called Draw Stronger. <gasps> yeah, I don't know. By uh, Kriota Wilberg. And it has um, all this, it's really humorous on the drawings. It's illustrated and it's consulted with, with doctors. Oh. So you can't see the pages that well, but it explains all the types of injuries you could get. And, you know, it, it's, you know, it's illustrated in a humorous way that, that it represents pain as like a little lightning bolt. And, and it suggests like different positions that you could like hold your pencil in and at the very back yeah at the very back it has like exercise routines that you could do before or during your break that's helpful oh cool yeah yeah here oh nice yeah so this book was really good for me at that time you know like when it's I'd have to like really take a lot of breaks, and you know it's it's really important to remember to like, like keep your body active, on the yeah, and you know like stretch a lot, take breaks a lot. Yeah, because otherwise you you don't want to not be able to keep making the work that you love doing. Yeah. No. Yeah, and especially because like my my work, I I get really ambitious with detail. So I have to oh. also remember to like tone down, maybe simplify a, a bit, maybe the details that aren't as important don't need to be as detailed and put more, you know, put more work in the important parts and that saves a lot of time and energy. Gotcha. Oh, and another question, yeah. Kat, what are you using technique wise? Are you like, are you doing more traditional? Or are you just all like digital as far as your workflow? So I usually use the, the iPad Procreate um, but sometimes I like to revisit watercolor and color pencil traditionally and then incorporate that into my traditional work in my in my digital work I mean like yeah I, I grew up like you know using a lot of color pencils the watercolor soluble ones and like and then I was really interested in learning more watercolor growing up and it, it's like it's really fun it's it's kind of you know, it's unpredictable, but I really like the texture and how the colors blend in with each other. I like that look and I, I like putting that, you know, kind of texture in my work. And yeah, the iPad has been really, you know, useful. So did you do your thesis visuals all on the iPad? Was that all iPad or was that a, the combination? Oh, that was, um, the background was um, what, like, traditional watercolor. And then I put it to Photoshop and I put, and then I drew the characters on Photoshop, but with uh, watercolor brushes, like visual brushes. And I had to like make them blend in with each other. So they look like they're, they're done with the same medium. Oh, that's great. You did a really good job with that because I thought it was all watercolor. Cause I was like, oh man, that looks like all watercolor. It didn't look like uh, it's digital. Cause like, so I love that aspect that it felt like it was traditional. Yeah, that's good to hear. Cause yeah, it, it really takes a while. Like when I, 
time because I really want to get into the digital watercolor, digital watercolor kind of look in my illustrations. And to do that, I have to revisit traditional watercolor to remind myself how it looks like. Because I, if I spend too much time in digital, it might it start looking more computerized. Like the more I do it, and then I have to step back and revisit it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. So what are your goals after you finish graduate school? Because you're, are you done? Are you, no, one more quarter or, yeah. Yeah, so I think, yeah. Time. Yeah, it's just the, the thesis extension quarter. And then, um, yeah, I, I, after I'm pretty much done, I can uh, move to the US. I, I'm not sure where or when exactly yet, but whoever hires me. Wow, awesome. Yeah. Well, I th I know you'll do very well. You'll be very successful. Your work was really cool to see develop during thesis class, and uh, you. yeah, you work so hard. So I I'm I'm sure any company will be lucky to have you. Yeah. And nice. oh, and I, I accidentally skipped a question. What would you <laughs> if you could go back in time in a time machine and go back to your younger self? What um, advice would you give yourself about your art journey? So um, I guess I would start using a sketchbook for observational drawing earlier in high school because I only started doing that I think maybe later in my undergrad years and I, I found it really fun um, you know like sketching random people in the park or you know flowers and plants and buildings I, I have fun with that now and I I find it really helpful with studying, you know, what, like, you know, it, it's, it's a good, it's a good um, entertainer. And it's a good way to keep entertained besides the phone. If I'm too tired with the phone or something like, in gatherings and I don't want to be that one just clicking my phone, then, you know, I, I it kind of, it's kind of a conversation starter if I bring a sketchbook to these events. I don't, yeah. And then, and also, yeah, it's, it's a good, like, um it's a good experiment or study style thing it, it helps like you know be quick or be loose and be you know they just not care much I, I mean like around the high school all I was drawing in my sketchbook were like anime characters so and I didn't really care about anatomy and fundamentals yet so I think you know it would have been fun to like start educating myself earlier yeah great advice so the last thing is, where can people see your work? Um, yeah, so I'm at Kitten's Brush on Instagram. Um, I don't post regularly enough because I've been really busy with the thesis paper, but um, I'm starting to post videos of my drawing process as reels. Like I started a TikTok for that, but TikTok's algorithm is like too much. It's, it's a little too fast to keep up with. Like I, I don't work fast enough for that, but yeah, I, I tried to, I've been trying to post at least once, once a month, but you know, it, it should be more, I should post more, be better at that, like when I'm free. Awesome. Well, I'll put that information in the description box. So anybody who mm -hmm. wants to can check out her work. Um, but thank you so much, Kat. And thank you everybody for listening. Please take the time to subscribe, like, share this podcast interview, and everybody have a great day. Thanks. Bye.